0: They told me I'd cry. I said, no, I'm not going to. <laughs> but uh, this community also changed my life. I came here 28 years ago. I love you, Jesus, but... Still finding my way. This message might take longer than I thought because I can't—I <laughs> <laughs> can't cry and talk at the same time. So oh, it sounds terrible if I try. But um, i spent three years here. But they they loved me, cared for me, supported me, really found a home here. Sometimes I wonder if if I would have stayed here and been a part of this community. I think it would have been wonderful. I noticed, like, you know, Ben's wearing the same shirts. Steve's got the same story. <laughs> uh, Ryan's still playing piano. Darren's still doing his magic with the kids. Um, had the day at the Palmers. I mean, it's a, just an incredible community that hasn't changed a lot in some ways. <laughs> but that's great because it's, it's awesome. It really is special what you guys have in this church and this community. And I do, I think, Wow. I would have stayed here, I could have been a part of that. But God put on my heart to do missions. I always wanted to be a missionary. And in in many ways, this church has still been a part of my life. So I left after three years teaching here, went to South Korea for two years to teach there at an uh, international Christian school. And then after two years in Korea, I met this group called... Youth with the Mission, and I was going to take a year off uh, to go to Australia to work with them during the Sydney Olympics and then do this thing, what they call a Discipleship Training School. And I was just going to be one year off, but that one year is now 23 years. <laughs> um, but I was in transition. I did one of the schools, and I was going to do a school called School of Evangelism, and I, had a, I was waiting for a visa. And so I was in this community for a while. And I remember still, Phil Wood comes up to me and says, Well, if you're going to do this long term, you need to get some support. Because I was doing everything off savings. I I saved some money when I lived here. I I lived in Kevin Leone's garage for a while. uh, Because I knew, it's like my motto was, (coughs) Excuse me, heaven is my home. I'm just passing through. And so I was living in the garage and just, what's next? (laughs) Um, And... I actually went on a a conference to Urbana with a group from this church. I know Ryan was part of that, uh, some others. And that's where I I picked up an application to teach overseas. Um, But Phil Wood said, you need to get support. And and so many people in this church has been supporting me since that time, about 23 years. And then in my YWAM journey, I met Nellie Ann. As the story goes, she fell in love with me at first sight. (laughs) And then um, I asked her to marry me, and then we had one of the receptions here, and I still remember some family sat me down and said, hey, how can we help you? And they've been supporting us ever since. And then kids kept popping out. Uh, Abby was born in Australia. Bree was started in Australia. This always embarrasses the kids. <laughs> Justin was starting in Fiji. Um, and I, someone said last time we were here, it was like five years ago, Says said, every time you come, you seem to have another kid. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm happy to announce that we're not having any more. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> so, um, but, so they travel with us around the world. But we want to say... Thank you. Thank you for standing with us. I never imagined the journey that God would take me on um, with Youth With The Mission, with my family. It's been amazing. And it's only possible because of you. Youth With The Mission is uh, Every missionary in YWAM is supported by other people. No one gets paid in this mission. And we're blown away by where we've been able to go, what we've been able to do. Uh, we're going to share a little bit more of the luncheon, so we invite you to be a part of that. Um, we do have a prayer card here. Please pick up. We're, we started a web page recently, and just a couple months ago, I'm trying to start a YouTube channel. So you can st- follow me on missions. So first time, I, look, I made QR codes. <laughs> so you can go to some of these, and also if you are looking for a local missionary to support... Uh, we, we always are in need of support, so you can um, find a way to do that as well. And then a brochure that just summarizes kind of what we're doing. So please pick this up when you leave and keep us in your prayers. So I can't believe it's been 25 years since I left. So you guys still look good. Most of you. So, no, all of you guys look good. Um, so today I want to share with you about the great commission. Um, the great commission, it says actually out of only one out of 10 millennials understand what the great commission is. Uh, and, and just a couple years ago, they did a survey and only 50% of the church understood what the great commission is. And this is crazy because this is actually the job of the church. And so the Great Commission, at the end of Jesus' ministry here on life, Jesus comes to his disciples, and he says to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to, to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's found in Matthew 28, 18 to 20. And so I just want to walk through this because I believe this church is actually a great commission church supporting us and eight other missions. You guys got the Red Awning Cafe, you got Awana coming, takes a lot of volunteers. There's a lot of things happening. So I we never pretend like we're special in what we're doing in fulfilling the Great Commission. God called us to go. We love going, we love what we're doing. Uh, but it takes a whole church, a whole team. And when I come here and see what people are doing here, I'm still amazed at their faith and their service and what they're doing. Like Darren, it's just incredible. The lives that he is touching with his ministry to the youth, Awana, it's incredible. And so we never pretend like we're special. We're not. You guys make us feel special, but we're a part of an incredible community making Jesus known to all the world. But the commission is great because it's given by Jesus Christ, and it's a global vision for all people, all people groups. And so Jesus, imagine him standing before his disciples. I mean, he was just dead, and he rose from the dead. He did miracles. He walked on water. And he's standing there, and he is giving them this message. But we have to understand who Christ is. The meaning of Christ. The word Messiah comes from a Hebrew word that means the anointed one. And this is what happened in Israel in ancient times. When someone became king, they would anoint them with oil, the symbol that this is the next king. And so Israel was looking for the Messiah, the one who would be anointed as king over Israel. And Christ actually comes from a Greek word which means anointed one. And so, Jesus Christ is the Messiah. He's the one that they were waiting for, the one that would be anointed as king from the line of David who would set them free. Of course, Israel was looking for their own freedom from Rome and the power, the occupying power over them. They didn't realize that Jesus was coming to set all people free. But they understood that Jesus was king. Christ is not a last name like ours like Tim Bergman, (laughs) Jesus Christ. Uh, He's the anointed one. It's a title. And sometimes we make Jesus out to, we make our own little Jesus. So when you think of Jesus and who he is to you, what do you think? Does the word king come to mind? I know it's hard for us Americans to think about kings, you know, whoever's in, has you know as president half the nation's for them half the nation's against them and <laughs> um, half the nation doesn't want to listen and submit to them because of the way that we have our government which i think is a good thing but jesus is king and when the disciples were standing before him that's who they recognized. this is jesus christ the anointed one he, he is king and he says all authority has been given to me all kings the one that the bible says that every knee will bow to every tongue will confess that jesus christ is lord and sometimes when we think of jesus we might think of oh he's my buddy he's the one i go to when i need help he's the one that you know he he gives me my request but he is king that means he is lord that means he tells us what to do He is the one that we're supposed to go to and say, how can I help you? How can I serve you? And and when a king tells you to do something, then you're like, no, I got my own thing going. (laughs) I, I have to, you know, go shopping right now. It's like, I want you to talk to this person. Well, Jesus, I don't have time. And so we need to recognize that this is the Christ. This is the anointed one. This is king. And he gives us the final message. The, now, I, a couple movies came to my mind when I thought about this. The final message. And one was the Lego movie. <laughs> have you seen the Lego movie? I have kids, so it became one of my favorite movies. But Vestivius gave this prophecy that the special one will come. Vitruvius, sorry, thank you, Bree. Vitruvius <laughs> would be the one that would come and deliver and save Legoland. And there's this battle, and it gets pretty intense, and Vestuvius, Vitruvius, whoever it is, was dying. And he's talking to Emmett, who's the special one, and he says to Emmett, come closer. I must tell you something. The prophecy, I made it up. <laughs> and Emmett's like, what? I made it up. Emmett's like, so I'm not the special one? You must listen. What I am about to tell you will change, and he dies. It's like, you have to watch the movie to see what happens. But imagine if Jesus was saying that, you know? That happened to Jesus. He's, he's on the mountain. He says, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, and the angels push the button or something, he's taken away. <laughs> he's like, wait, wait. I have to tell them something. What would the disciples be doing? They'd be standing there. Therefore, what? <laughs> but, and so the final words are important. The other one I was thinking of was saving Private Ryan when Captain John Miller died to save this guy. And at, he's dying, he's shot. They just get the victory. Private Ryan is saved, and Captain John Miller's dying, and, and, and Private Ryan gets closer, and he, he says, earn it earn it. And he died. But his final message was, realize I gave my life for you. Earn the freedom that you have been given by the sacrifice of my life. And so the final message can be very powerful. And so this is Jesus before he goes to heaven. What does he say? Does he say Oh, just come say hi to each other once a week until I come back. He's like, just how about build, a, build bunkers and hide? I'm coming back, but until I do, build bunkers and hide. I, I know some Christians like that. <laughs> they have some a lot of food stocked away, maybe some guns down in there, some you know place in the mountains. When things get really bad, they're going... But Jesus doesn't say that, build bunkers and hide until I come back. Or what about, oh, don't worry, relax, I'll be back, take it easy. It's not the final message of Jesus. His final message is, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. This is the job of the church. This is our job. We exist for the benefit of others. And this was a motivation for me and my family to be in missions, to go, because this is the command. Jesus is a friend. He is somebody that we can go to when we need help. But Jesus is king, and he's given this command, this mission for us to make disciples of all nations. And so he says, go, and go is an action word. You know, I think of the athletes on the the starting block, on on track and field, and when the gun goes, they're ready and they run. It's an action word, and make is too. And so we're supposed to go to be busy about making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And so I work with YWAM, but when people get saved and we baptize, we don't say, okay, now you're baptized into YWAM. And do you guys baptize in the name of the First Baptist Church of Benicia? <laughs> no, we baptize them into Jesus, this global family, the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We are in this together. And we teach them to obey everything. Teach them to love, to forgive, faithfulness in marriage, servant leadership, generosity, taking care of the least of these missions. We need to teach them. This picture, I was just last, in April, I was in Tanzania for a couple weeks. One thing we do is provide training for pastors and leaders who don't have access to training, and we also train YWAM missionaries. So this is John David (laughs) Motabale, He's from the Democratic Republic of the Congo. And he was actually in charge of like 15, I think, around 15 denominations in the Democratic Republic of Congo. And I was surprised to hear that he says 90% of that nation is Christian. And yet it's one of the poorest, roughest, most dangerous places to live in Africa. A lot of wars going on all over the place. People don't feel safe. He says... You know, in my country, people have money. They could buy a car or they could build a house, but they don't because they're afraid they're going to be killed if they show any sign of wealth. And so they live in poverty, even though some of them can achieve more. And he looked at his nation, this head pastor, and he says, no one is discipled, 90% Christian, but no teaching, no living out of the faith. And so he left his position, and he actually said, okay, I'm going to do a DTS. That's the Discipleship Training School. It's the entrance school into YWAM. And so he did this, I believe, in Uganda. And then he met a lady that he ended up marrying. Um, This is Bettina. She actually uh, works with Wycliffe Bible Translators, and she was working in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. And this is just a crazy... When you think about how people live differently than us sometimes, this couple just blew me away. <laughs> because here, this guy living in the Democratic Republic of Congo, crazy place. He was married. His wife died of diabetes. But because of his leadership position, his church was saying, you need to have a wife. So he's praying, who should I get married to? And then he met this lady a couple times, uh, working with Bible engagement, trying to get people to read the Bible and to apply it. And... He says, okay, God, I think this is who I'm going to ask. And so he goes up to her, and they don't have a dating culture, so it's not like, you know, will you go to lunch with me? It's, will you marry me? Will you be my wife? (laughs) And she, you know, from Germany, but living there a long time, she says she prayed about it for six months, talked to her leadership, and she said yes. And now you got this power couple that they're, they're doing training in Tanzania. Actually, he is, but she's doing Wycliffe work. But she was part of our ministry, which is, we call it Biblical Education Leadership Training. And we've had teams go to the Congo and train pastors and leaders about how the Bible applies to all areas of society. And it really brought change to those communities. And she was part of this. She says, I I want this to be part of changing the Congo. And now, and that's John David Motobabe's heart too. So he quit his position, and now they're doing the Bible School for the Nations, which is the school that we help run to train YY missionaries. And they want to go back to the Congo to disciple their nation. And it's pretty cool because they have the they have the experience, they have the name, they they have the the connections to actually make something great happen in that nation. Um, And so, but what they need to do, because ninety percent Christian, that means ninety percent of the nation they go to church, ninety percent of that nation they know about Jesus. But part of the Great Commission is to teach everything, because God doesn't want us just to get to heaven. It's not about passing out tickets. Here, here's this prayer to say, and then okay, now you're going to heaven. Just continue on. God wants to change the world. This world needs transformation. He doesn't want people to live in poverty. He doesn't want them to live in fear of their neighbor or their government. God came to set us free, to give us life and life abundant. So when I think about the Great Commission, I don't think about it just going to get people to heaven, which is part of it. But I want men to stop beating their wives. I want children to grow up knowing that they're loved. I don't want... There's so much suffering out there. And I don't believe it's God's will that people should suffer. And that's why Jesus came to die, is to set people free, to change their lives so that they wouldn't be a threat anymore, but that they would love and care for others. And that's part of our mission as we go out there. So people like John David Motobale can know about discipleship and go back and change his nation. Because God doesn't want people to live where there's war and where there's violence. And Jesus said, I will be with you all the way. So he's not sending them alone. And we has this, this saying, where there's a go, there's a low. Wherever you go, I will be with you. And for the past 25 years, and actually now he's been in mission for almost 30 years, God has taken care of us on this journey sickness and in health almost like the wedding vows god says he will be with us and we've been in some crazy situations stuck on a bridge between kyrgyzstan and kazakhstan with no visa <laughs> our fault <laughs> um, back alleys in korea red light district you know in need of miracles financial and other ways and god has come through You know, missionaries have died on the field, but God is there to carry us home no matter what happens. He says he will be with us. But the Great Commission is God's strategy to fight evil and fill the world with goodness. It is God's strategy. Some people wonder what God's doing to change the world. Well, he sent his son to die for people that their hearts might be humbled and they would no longer do evil, but they would do good. And then he gave the job to these disciples, 120 people, which is now for us to go out and preach the gospel and teach. You're supposed to love and not hate. You're supposed to forgive instead of get revenge. You're supposed to walk in humility. You're supposed to love your wives like Christ loved the church. He said, you go out and teach these things to all people. Because there's a lot of hatred, a lot of brokenness, a lot of violence in the world. And so this is God's strategy. God is doing something. And the crazy thing is he trusts us to do it. It's like, almost like the creation mandate again, where Adam and Eve go out and take dominion, rule and reign. And now he says to the church, you go out and you make disciples and you change nations. Every nation because God loves every person. You know, there's this crazy story in, I believe, one of the Gospels, about Jesus. It's in the Bible. (laughs) Jesus walking on the water. He, He comes out to his disciples. He's walking on the water, and they're freaked out. It's a ghost, and Jesus says, no, it's me. And then Peter says, hey, can I come out? Which is a pretty cool story. You know, Jesus, want, Peter wanted to walk on the water. Jesus says, come. So Peter starts walking, and then he looks around in the waves and the wind. He gets afraid, and he falls. Jesus reaches out, catches him, and says, why do you have such little faith? Some people think that he's having little faith in Jesus. But he believed Jesus. He got out there. But perhaps Jesus is saying, why do you doubt yourself? I believe in you. Jesus said, come, you can do this. Jesus believed in him that he could walk on the water. And he started to do it, but then Peter began to doubt. And I think maybe the doubt was in himself that he could actually do this. And maybe sometimes we doubt ourselves. I mean, you guys live in California. America seems to go a little crazy sometimes. Truth becomes an opinion, and it's like, what hope? But there is hope. He believes in us, that we can fulfill the commission that he's given us. It's a big job. It's an important job. It's one that he really cares about, but he has faith in us that we can do this. But it's his strategy for changing the world Stuff like Red Awning Cafe and Awana is God's strategy to change this community, to let kids know that they're loved and cared for, that people find forgiveness and healing. This is Ray. Um, he was another student on the Bible school in Tanzania. And the Great Commission is changing his life. When he was 12 years old, his family was driving in a car, and his parents died, and he became an orphan. And his relatives began to fight over who would get the family's money. And so the government stepped in and said, sold everything and, and gave the money to the relatives. I think they were involved with witchcraft, and they didn't care about him. And so he ended up on the street. So he was living on the street as a 12-year-old. And then someday, one guy walked by. Actually, it was a friend of his father and said, I know you. And he took him and put him in a Christian orphanage. And so he grew up in this Christian orphanage until a new president came to power in Tanzania and said, we don't want all the foreigners here. Kick them out. And the the orphanage was run by foreigners. And so everybody, a lot of the orphanages, they have parents and just can't afford to send them to school. So most of the kids had a place to go, but not Ray. So Ray was back on the street. He got connected with the soccer club uh he was doing pretty good in soccer but then that soccer club also started to do witchcraft and they did witchcraft on his leg and he said he felt extra power but then he would wake up and he would like see blood on his hands and stuff no one else could see it but he would see it so he wanted to go to church to get prayer even he said going to church he was trying to go there but he felt like someone pulling on his back (laughs) looked around there's no one there But he got prayer, that was broken, but he didn't want to play with the club anymore, so he was back on the street. And then another guy walked by him one day. Hey, I know you. It was somebody that used to work for the orphanage. And then took Ray to do this discipleship training school with Youth with the Mission in Tanzania. And so he had a great time again, learning about God, serving in community. But at the end of that school, he still had no place to go, still a young man. So he was back on the street. And again, one of the people from the YWAM mission saw him on the street and said, hey, come live with me. And there's Bible school coming up. And now he's in this Bible school for the nations and finding hope. But the Great Commission is changing his life. It's reaching out to him. Someone that's broken, alone, is now having, being surrounded by love and surrounded by the, the church. So again, this is our job. And by, by supporting us, by supporting missionaries, you're doing this. By doing Awana, I mean, it's, it's incredible. I believe we're doing this. But how can we do more? Is there some way that you can step it up to be a part of God's strategy to change the world? To say yes to the King Jesus. Um, I'm just going to go through this quick. But... When you read through Acts, this is, this is how this was done, how the Great Commission was filled. One, there's goers. We're goers. We really love going. It's been an incredible adventure of God, walking with God in the nation. So actually we called our YouTube channel Bergman Adventures. You'll see that. Because the greatest adventure is walking with Jesus and to see people's lives change. But perhaps some of you in here might go ywam is a great organization but there's one of many but you could go and do a discipleship training school maybe the recent graduate i was 32 when i went and did a discipleship training school i thought it was going to be one year off my teaching career but it's 23 years now (laughs) but perhaps you can go Um, maybe god's calling you if he is trust him he will provide for you. He will take care of you. And it's never too late to go. There's cinders. When you read in Acts, it's, or in Romans, it says, how can people hear, or how can people believe in the gospel unless they hear? How can they hear unless someone tells them? And how can someone tell them unless somebody goes? And how can they go unless they are sent? And the only reason we're able to go is because you send us. And I really think sending is actually a part of going. And this blows us away when we think about this, because people have been given to us for over 20 years, every month. But that's you know, part of your life. Money that you earn is actually part of your life, because you exchange your effort, your work, your energy, maybe eight hours a day, giving your life to something, in exchange you get money. So you're trading your life for actually your finances and so when someone gives to us we realize this is a part of their life they've exchanged their energy their time their intellect in order to get that money and now they're saying i want to give it to you and we are so blown away and grateful for that but without that willingness to give a part of your life to missions it's not going to happen so the the tithe and offering that you give here the church gives to us as well, and it gives to other missionaries. But without senders, the Great Commission cannot happen. And so we encourage you to pray about giving. We know some missionaries that you could give to, you know, you could ask us after church. But give. Send people. The ministry of the local church, of what you guys are doing here, you're making an impact in this nation. People like Dorcas and, and Acts. she was somebody that made clothes for people, incredible kindness and generosity. It changed people's lives. You got Ananias, who was faithful. God said, hey, I want you to go talk to this guy named Paul. Paul was trying to kill Christians, and this guy's like, God, you know this guy's killing people, putting them in prison? God says, yes, I have great plans. But Ananias was willing in his own city so listen to God and walk in obedience, share the gospel, and change this guy's life who went on to do incredible things. So listen to God in your own city. You give God space. Say, what do you want me to do, God? And if God is speaking to you, I want you to share with your neighbor, share with the shopkeeper, someone down the street. Listen and obey. Lydia showed hospitality. Donna Smith is showing hospitality to us this week. She opened her house to us. So we're sleeping in her house, which we're so grateful. Hospitality is a big part of the kingdom of God. And then everyone pray. But this is the great commission. This is the job of the church. And it's an exciting job. And Jesus is king, but he is so good. He's a king that laid down his life for us. He's the king that does first. He dies for us first, and then he says, okay, now I want you to do this. And he believes in us. So we're going to take communion together. And... As we take communion, I want you to think about the fact that there's believers all over the world participating in the Lord's Supper today. And maybe you guys have been in other nations, other places. We think, I was thinking of some of the people I know from in the mountains of Ecuador. Someone's taking communion. In the underground church in China, They're taking communion. Perhaps there's a family hiding in North Korea, but they're taking communion together. A little family or a little community in a little village in Kyrgyzstan, they're taking communion. All over the world, people are remembering what Christ has done for us because the disciples decided to obey the Great Commission and they went. And it continued to spread. And so there's people in the Democratic Republic of the Congo, people in the Philippines, taking the Lord's Supper because of your faithfulness to give. Because of your involvement in missions through giving in the local ministry, somebody, I believe, in the world today is partaking of this supper because we've been faithful to the Great Commission. And as we continue to move forward, then we will partake of this cup every Sunday, or as often as we do with the whole community around the world. And so, as we take this, let's also take it for, with a prayer. Some more will join us. That more people will find forgiveness and hope, and they can come together with the community and say, "Thank you, Jesus. We remember." So Jesus took the, took the bread and said, "This is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance." of me. In the same way, he took the cup. He says, this is my blood, the blood of the covenant, poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this. In remembrance of me. So we take it also with the worldwide church. Mm-hmm. Let me pray. God, we thank you that you gave your life for us, you're the first one that went came from heaven to earth so that we might know. And Father, you're the first sender. You sent your son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So you were the first missionary. You were the first one to send a missionary. And you ask us to go as well to do what you've already done, to change this world, to make it a better place, that people might live in love and hope instead of fear and shame. I pray, God, that you continue to go with us, continue to lead us in this mission to change the world. And I pray that your Holy Spirit will help us to believe that we can do this. not by our strength,